0: Hello and welcome to Inside Music, episode number 203. As always, I'm your host, James Shotwell, and it's great to be with you again. My guest this episode is none other than John Notto, the guitarist for Dirty Honey, one of the most promising rock bands in America today. Now, if you've been following the show the last several weeks, you'll know that we've been highlighting a lot of up-and-coming rock artists, and for good reason. I think that we've spent a lot of time, not just this show, but everyone in writing in general, talking about the acts that are already established, the legacy acts that are still going, and the heroes who are no longer with us. But if we're gonna keep rock and roll alive, we need to be supporting the artists who are out there right now, trying to make a name for themselves. And I feel like Dirty Honey is doing that better than most. In this conversation, John tells me about his experiences with COVID, his response to the George Floyd protests, and what Dirty Honey has going in the future, as well as some side stories about Bob Seger and opening for The Who. It's a really good chat. I think you're going to love it. And if you want to see a video version, you can watch it over on our YouTube channel. That's called Music Biz. That's music B-I-Z on YouTube. Real quick, this episode of Inside Music, and all episodes of the show, is brought to you by Holix, the industry standard for music promotion. Now if you join Holix today, you'll be accessing the same tools used by Bruce Springsteen and countless others to promote their music. Just visit Holix.com today. That's H-A-U-L-I-X.com today. Now sit back and enjoy the show. All right, man. Well, it seems like you are somewhere sunny today. So where are you?
1: I am in actually, uh, Los Angeles, California right now. This is, uh, this is my lovely backyard.
0: Hmm. You uh, live in LA you know, and you have a yard. Look at you.
1: I know it's, uh, we live a little bit outside the city, so
0: it's okay. quite, it's
1: a pretty spectacular deal. Honestly, it's, it's nice. I mean, the house Which, isn't really anything to speak of in terms of it's not luxurious <laughs> but
0: <laughs> but it's a house
1: it's a house man i just have always refused and i've done well at it to i've, I've refused to live in those apartment complex type places and uh mm. sometimes it comes with the uh you don't get to live in town you know but i i just rather this life than that you know you know the type of place that has, it's an association there's a you get a pool and a gym, but you could you like your apartment number is like three thousand twenty-two. I just I can't do that.
0: Man. <laughs> well, it's a good time to say that I'm coming to you live from uh, an apartment in in downtown Grand Rapids, Michigan. No disrespect,
1: That's right. Yeah, but see, you're downtown. Oh, no. That's so you yeah. You get that. You get that give and take. Right I get that give and so.
0: take, but I'm I'm in my bedroom right now. My partner is in our living room on a separate meeting call. And our dog is upset that she can't be in both rooms at once. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, I can hear it it's on the fine. other side of the headphones. I'm sure it's lightly picking up for people at home. Um, well, man, how is your, how's your day going? Like, what's it like in LA right now, other than just sunny?
1: It's, well, I'm in the Valley, so it's super hot. Uh, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little bit unbearable. You know, it's just every day is, every day is kind of like Sunday uh where if you wanna if you wanna be productive it's sort of up to you because there's not there's not a lot on the schedule mm-hmm. you know there's just like a couple of random things that generally speaking have to get done, but you know you gotta kind of motivate uh yourself mm-hmm. so that you don't slip into this quarantine slug thing yeah. <laughs> you know uh, Last night I did a little. Uh, I got a couple of turntables and a lot of classic rock vinyl, so I, I did a live thing on my Instagram feed. Had a little bit, maybe maybe a little bit too much tequila, so I got you know I moved a little slow this morning, so today's been kind of relaxed. But
0: that's not bad. That's not bad. Were you spinning any uh, any Seeger in the mix,
1: dude? I totally spun Hollywood Nights.
0: There you go. Classic. Yep. Timeless.
1: I love that song. It's got such a. It's like I want to be in like a 1977 Corvette. Yeah. On Mulholland yeah. Drive in like mm-hmm. a all white suit that opens in the front. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: and yeah. I don't want Fair Fawcett in the passenger seat.
0: <laughs> yeah. His songs have that kind of energy where you listen to it and you're like, I feel like I'm in a movie right now or I want to be in a movie right now. What yeah.
1: If there's just, a, yeah, he's, he's, he's great. He's kind of unsung now, but it's
0: great. Yeah, well, it's just because he, he held out so long to get into streaming. So I think a lot of younger kids maybe didn't get up on him when they adopted streaming so fast. And now he's just kind of like, I'm rich and old, and I don't have to do this if I don't want to. So I, I'm just going to not. I, I,
1: I think that's what he did. And I read somewhere that he did that all along the way. Like, he basically put his stuff out on vinyl and then was like, if you don't have vinyl, tough shit. <laughs> but he didn't do like, he didn't like really jump on tapes, he didn't really jump on CDs. And, you know, he just was like, yeah, whatever. Like, okay.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't matter because he's been on Spotify for maybe 18 months now and some <laughs> of his songs have like 90 million plays. So clearly he was right yeah. all
1: yeah he's like yeah he's like listen i got game so i don't have to i don't have yeah. to come to you
0: he doesn't do interviews he doesn't like put out new stuff he stopped touring he's like it doesn't matter i'm, I'm a king
1: yeah <laughs> it's, great. it's just great great good for him i mean he missed out on a lot of record sales but if he was good then he's good that's yeah. cool he's not extra greedy i guess that you know he doesn't yeah. have that extra
0: well, I will say that I'm still on his mailing list and I, I, I get random promotions from it. So he'll be like, I recently, they did like a father's day t-shirt and I was like, you don't need that money, Bob. No, no, yeah, he's running this. like, you don't, For sure. you don't need that. Stop it. (laughs) Well, man, let me, I want to know what it's been like for you. Give me the musician's experience of the last three months. I guess it's like this week, it'll be three months that we've all kind of been in this new normal for music. So what's it been like for you? Like what are the highs? Give me the highs and lows. What's been going on?
1: First off, it's crazy. It's been three months.
0: Uh, Um, The low.
1: Okay. So I'll give it to you chronologically. I think initially uh, we were bummed just to realize we weren't going to go to Australia to record. Uh, but we thought maybe that was all it was going to be. So there was a little bit of excitement when we realized, like, hey, we got more time to polish the tunes. So I think for the first two or three weeks, for me, uh, I just utilized the time. I practiced in different instruments, uh, tried to write more. I know we all did. Um, we got together even though we weren't supposed to <laughs> um, <laughs> to write. You know, and um and then I think after that, after a month and after we saw like, okay, now our spring festivals are canceled. And then it was like, are you and then then it's like the European ones are canceled. I think a depression set in for sure. Um there was kind of like this it dipped down just realizing like what was I mean, we just had such a stellar year lined up to really hit it out of the park um, and to watch it go away was just such a bummer. I mean, obviously, I guess the plus side is, it's not like it's just happening to us. It's not like our career went down the tubes, the the whole world went on pause um, for a legitimate reason. So it, you know, still seems. um, And then, you know, after there was a, you know it was kind of one of those things where i woke up was like talking to friends you know and being like they were all like yeah dude those are the classic signs of depression <laughs> i was like <laughs> i get up i'm still tired but i slept 10 hours you know things like that. um yeah. Yeah. so that you know i don't really feel like doing anything i'm not excited but i kind of got out of that swamp and you know we rented a rehearsal space and we've got reinvigorated um Again, we're working on the album. Again, we've started Zoom calling with our producer, who's in Australia, trying to figure out how to get him here for when things really open up. Um, just right now, now it's just like plan for the record and try to get together and, and, and you know create some content. Um, just to do something as fun, you know. Like mm. we have a thing we call we have a series we call uh, Suitcase Sessions where. We just show up to a location like uh, we shot. We shot one so far. We did an acoustic <laughs> version of heart, a heartbreaker, um, and we did it in the mountains up in uh, about two or three hours north of California. Uh, sorry, north of Los Angeles. <laughs> so we're gonna do some more of that stuff. You know, just to. I will say this: like when we rehearsed, just playing music is such a release. It's so gratifying. Mm -hmm. Um, You know? Yeah. And then, of course, you know, now we're, now we're in this crazy period of social unrest, um, which is a cause I really believe in. Uh, So, even though we're supposed to be quarantining, the whole city's protesting and, um, you know, it's, it's been an interesting it's just I, I, unprecedented times, you know, where we have a pandemic that's lurking. Mm-hmm. But people, most people, honestly, and rightfully so, are like, it's more important to get out and get this message out. And you, you see, in this, especially in Los Angeles, the city is uh, really beaming with how the, the protesters kept going and kept proving that the actual protesters are peaceful. And then all the looting and stuff was just hangers-on and people trying to cause trouble and, and just grab, cash grab where they could, you know. But that, mm. it's been pretty amazing to watch, you know. Um, my Absolutely. girlfriend's gone to two, two protests. She went to the one on uh, Sunday, which was huge. So, mm. it, it's now, now it doesn't feel as much like quarantine. Uh yeah. some businesses are opening, so feels like there's some semblance of normal coming back in terms of people moving about. But I guess with, with this, basically we're in a civil rights movement. I mean, you know, this mm-hmm. is going to be another chapter in, in uh, that stuff we learned about in grade school, you know, the sixties, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, um, there's, there's a lot to pay attention to right now. I think and a lot to be alert. So, mm. so, I'd say well, i i'm not a new- i'm not a sorry I'm not a news person really, mm-hmm. but for the first time, it's been more I wanna stay up to date, you know what I mean like I wanna watch the news in the morning or I wanna you know catch it wherever I can and pay attention' it actually feels really important
0: absolutely man i I completely get that my my partner is somebody she doesn't like to listen to uh the news or even oh. read it, but for the last week or so she's been like really engaged maybe but it's like you you still got to throttle it because there's just so much evil so
1: yeah (laughs) yeah
0: yeah, you fall down the rabbit hole and it's like it's been an hour and i just just felt bad for an hour Um, yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) what has your creativity been like during this time like have you felt motivated at all to write new stuff or i know you talked about going to the studio right before all this happened so what has your creative juices been doing this whole time
1: during? Yeah,
0: during. Uh,
1: yeah, it's been it's been waves, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's been waves of uh in the beginning in the beginning I was just really excited to practice. I like to practice drums and bass and practice recording ideas. So in the first month there was a lot of a lot of that. Um mm-hmm. and we got to a certain point and we've rehearsed all the ideas, and uh I think I've hit a little bit of a low in the last week or two, but I've, I've learned to like, you got to press on and put work in, but also when, when, I don't know, sometimes you got to let things ebb and flow a little bit. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So, but you know, we've got, we've got a second round of songs. <laughs> we reached, we, we completed a first round that are going to make the record, I think. And then now we, now we're at, this, now we've got a second wave that are like, at the good starts point Mm. you know so that's kind of the next that's the next thing on the list to check off is get those get those that have a complete chorus and something really memorable you know
0: no absolutely and i feel like we're like eighteen months away, maybe a year from this, like avalanche of music, because people either are sitting on a record they want to release, they're about to record an album they had written six months ago, or they haven't recorded but they have, you know, twenty five songs that they feel pretty passionate about because they've had nothing to right. work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and and that's got to feel good because you guys have you know you guys have your EP out, the self titled EP came out last year, and now you've got it seems like everything. Yeah, you you have like everything is ready to go once you guys can get out there and go again.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, the timing of, of all of this certainly Mm -hmm. felt awful. Yeah. You're just about to really jump from the foul line, so to speak. But, uh, at the same time, I'm glad that we were able to, we got enough work in so that we established ourselves and, and fans and, media people such as yourself are excited to stay tuned in and find out where we're at and you know what we're planning when it comes back. So I, I feel fortunate in that respect. And you know our right before we finished our Rolling seven store in February twenty February twenty eighth. I think it was about it was about six weeks. And um it was just an enormous success. You yeah. know, we 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 sold out a couple seven hundred to 800 seat places um, and really we sold out every place we played uh, mm-hmm. and it kind of snowballed as it went. They weren't sold out when we hit the road <laughs> and you know just people just showed up. It, there was a buzz. Everything was working for us the sh- and the shows were great and we had a great opening band. Um, so we were able to get that in and I think that you know when we finished playing kind of a legendary club here in LA called the El Rey we sold that out so it just it really we were able to just achieve a good solid incredible one year of a lot of work so Mm. great they put us in a good position i think all things considered
0: i mean i was i'm looking forward to what you have coming up i saw you last year when you opened for the who here in grand rapids oh cool uh, moving on tour which was Uh uh-huh an interesting night to say the least but your set was great <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah well, it, was kinda, was you... it
0: was go ahead yeah, go ahead i was just gonna ask oh, you, you what that experience was like for you i mean i i i'm always curious and people get to open for these legendary acts and like what that is and how how that how that feels for somebody but tell me about that experience as a whole
1: um as a whole i think the uh Everything surrounding the the performance was a pinch me moment. You know, Mm -hmm. just just being, just seeing the the pure size of the production, the team. uh, We'd never played an arena, of course, that was really cool. Um, And then, of course, getting to kind of like sneak in to the arena when they were actually sound checking, and you know, Mm -hmm. just hearing Pete Townsend just kind of like take a solo. Over a section of a song and and just hearing his tone, it was like, and hearing Roger warm his voice up. It was just incredible. That stuff was incredible. And Mm -hmm. we got to meet Roger at the end after our set, um, or after their set, after the show. He was really nice. Um, Great. Yeah, it was incredible. The actual set, I think, was a lot older crowd and they're Mm -hmm. all sitting and (laughs) also also our our what we were allotted for the stage was so tiny yeah because of the orchestra factor and also they were like we're not moving anything (laughs) (laughs) like not not even a pedal board so Mm -hmm. i was like oh so i had a very cramped space where i had to watch myself because i get excited during the performance night I had to make sure I didn't step all over Pete Townsend's custom pedal board. It was, just like, it was basically right in the way. So uh, it was a little bit, you know, humbling in that respect, but we went over mm-hmm. the audience and we felt the crowd get into it more and more after each song. So it, it felt mm-hmm. like a win.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like it was a win of a show overall. I I always love the stories about getting to play with these legendary musicians. You kind of get that you you run the risk of ruining the veneer of like who that person is. Like I remember talking to the Greta Van Fleet guys, they got to open for Seeger right, right when they were starting off. And I was like, what was that like? And they're like, oh, he was so nice. He introduced himself to us. And I was like, it's so crazy to think that someone like that would come up to you and be like, I'm Bob. Uh, so I'm always curious, like when you get to play with these people, I know you guys also opened for Guns N' Roses last year. Yeah. Which I sure, I'm sure i sure is a completely different kind of experience. <laughs>
1: Yeah, very, very much different. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then you guys are shaping up for 2020. So, like, how much aside from just the producer coming in and you guys working on the new record, how much did you have to cancel or postpone that people didn't even know about yet?
1: Oh, uh, um, a lot. Well, we had a big thing lined up in the fall uh, that mm. we—I don't believe we had officially announced that that was going to be an incredible run uh, opening mm. for another artist. Uh, that's Mm -hmm. a big artist um and yeah that's that was probably the big one i think everything else was announced we had a spring tour that was going to be radio sponsored festivals and we also had a european run in june Mm. which that, that was cool there was some like there was some opening for some big acts lined up. We were going to play Download Fest. We were going to play Download Japan. Um, We were going to play Italy. I mean, it was just going to be really, really cool. And uh, I think that was announced. So we had to officially unannounce that one. Um, (laughs) But we had a tour coming in in, in August and September that was going to be incredible. It's really the same game plan as before. It's just the trick of the timing. So, you know, we're going to make the record. We're going to try to, re- we're going to release a single to radio, and uh, we're going to try to book a tour. Um, it's just a matter of when. Really, it's going to be a matter of, you know, when will we be allowed to book a tour that will actually set, you know, that will people will feel comfortable showing up to. When that's allowed, then you can time everything else kind of with that, because you want to hit the road with a single hitting the radio you want to have that times and you want to have a music video and you want to have, you know, you, so that's not my department of course, but um, that's, that's basically, it's basically the same. It's just, and and we might've released the record a little sooner, you know, but we, we may, we may, we may sort of fast track it this time. Not, not the recording or anything. It was, we'll still put a, a lot of effort there. I, we might just have to shorten the timetable so that, you know. But again, it just depends on. If, I think the thing that seems, again, like I don't know if we would or wouldn't do this, but the thing that seems the most depressing would be to not have a tour, and just put an album out. I mean, if I mean, if the the fans would love it are already aware but it's just tough it's tough promotion time you know like no one is really pushing new songs to radio it's just because because your bands want to be able to be you want to be able to be playing while your song's on the radio so without that it just really makes it, it it's more of a gamble